Welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. How are you? Oh gosh, we have a good episode here for you today. If you're new to the show, I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women, all meeting online right now. If you are curious about just being in a really awesome group and practicing speaking in front of a screen, check us out at speakersisterhood.com. Today's episode is all about how to turn your content into a book. So if you're a speaker and you have, you know, an idea, you have intellectual property, you're a subject matter expert, you're somebody who wants to share your creativity and your ideas with the world, a book is a great way to do it. My guest today is Honoré Corder. She's an executive and strategic book and publishing coach. She's also a TEDx speaker and the author of more than 50, that's five zero books, (laughs) including the book, You Must Write a Book. And the cool thing is she gives away a free copy of this book um, at the end of the episode. So if you go to the show notes, there's a link there and you can download the book and get all of her hints and tips on how to do all the things that go into writing a book. She's also the co-creator of the Miracle Morning book series with Hal Elrod that was an explosive very successful series. I'm sure you've heard of it. Honoré passionately helps business professionals and entrepreneurs write, publish, and monetize their books, boost their brands, and get much more business. She also runs the Empire Builders Mastermind, and you can find more at honorécorder.com, and that link is also in the show notes. I just want to add that when I first became an author in 2009, It was like night and day. Before I was an author, it was really hard to book speaking gigs. I mean, it was like, well, who are you and what have you done and what's your expertise and how long have you been in business? There were so many questions about my credibility. And then as soon as I had a book, it was like not that hard to book gigs because I would say, oh, yeah, I want to present a talk on a chapter in my book. Oh, you're an author? It changes everything and is not as hard as you might think to write a book. A lot of it is about the discipline to do it once you know what your content is and you have your outline done. So on today's episode, Honoré is going to talk about how she got started as an author and how she wrote over 50 books and also how to take your message and turn it into a book. And she talks about the questions she asks speakers to find out if they're ready to write their book and the process she recommends and then how to organize the content. There's a lot here. And I I asked a lot of questions because I know that these are the questions that speakers who don't have a book want answers to. So hopefully we covered everything you're interested in. If not, you can follow Honoré and get some of her resources and I'm sure you could set up a call with her. She's awesome. She knows her stuff and she has been down this road with a lot of people and I'm sure it could help you as well. So without further ado, here is today's episode with Honoré Corder. All right, Honoré, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for having me. 
We are talking about a subject that is so common in the speaking world because being an author and a speaker are so often paired together because speakers have such great content to share. Putting it in a book is another way to get it out there. So what we're going to talk about on today's show is how to take your content and turn it into a book. But before we get there, I just have to say, we're just going to start with this. You have written more than 50 books. That's five zero. How did you get started as an author? <laughs> well, it's, it's very apropos to this conversation. I, I was a business coach, executive coach, and a speaker. And I met Mark Victor Hansen, who you all might know is the co-creator of Chicken Soup, the, the book series. And I met him. He came to the back of the room where I was sitting and he said, um, hi, I'm Mark. And I said, I know. And he said, who are you? And I told him my name and he said, what do you do? And I, you know, I was just super sassy and I said, oh, I'm a coach and a speaker. And he was like, oh yeah, everybody's a coach and a speaker. You must write a book. Like you got to differentiate yourself. You have to write a book. And I went, oh, like he just popped my balloon <laughs> right in that moment. And I started asking him questions and he, you know, he said, do you have a speech that you give that people really like that you give over and over? And I said, yes. And he said, that's your book. Turn that into a book. It'll be the best thing you ever do. And I, against my will and better judgment <laughs> and self-esteem, took his advice and wrote that first book. And it did everything that he said that it would and so much more. Uh, yeah. And how did you go from that book to the next 49 books? <laughs> well, I, I call it getting the fever. Mm -hmm. Right. You and I, just before we, we started talking, you said you had seven books yourself. And I, when someone comes to me and they want to become an author, I very often start with, you know, what is your book idea? And as we get into it, what they recognize is that they have the option to write more books. And if they enjoy the process, which I have a process that I try to make, you know, as, as painless and sufferingless as possible, right? I'm like it's being an author is cool. This is joyful and fun. Um, so then they get the fever. They're like, oh my gosh, this is great. I want to write another book and another and another. And that's really what happened to me. So I was inspired to write my second book and then that became a series. And then I thought, oh, if I had a book on this topic, that would be helpful for my clients. And so then I wrote another book and then I just kind of never stopped writing. <laughs> I just, yeah, I hear that. It's like once you start yeah. to realize kind of the process of like you've recognized there's a problem that needs to be solved and you have the steps to get there to to answer that problem it's like well I guess I'm going to do it and then <laughs> you just kind of sit down and do it and I do notice right. that yeah. a lot of authors are on either end of the spectrum they either hated writing a book and they'll never do it again or they just they found something inside themselves they didn't know was there and they can't stop writing and they just keep writing more books <laughs> so you yeah. You yeah. help people with a message, get that message out there in the form of a book. And I work with a lot of speakers who have this goal. So let's start at the beginning. If a speaker wanted to work with you, what are some of the first questions you would ask them when it came to writing a book? I would ask them why they want to write the book. What, what's in it for them? That's the very place that I start with any person. If I get my mitts on them early enough in the process, right? It's like, what do you want the book to do for you? Because every answer to that question, it doesn't have to be one answer, right? It can be, I want it to do this and this and this and this. Um, then that informs and influences every other question that comes after that. And every sentence in the book, every idea that goes into the book, all of the marketing that goes into the book starts with that original question. 
What are some common answers you hear from speakers who want to write a book when you ask them why? Well, the first thing that they generally want is to generate more speaking business. They want to be able to get to places that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to get access to. And being an author gives you the next level of credibility in the process. And so when a meeting planner or a conference planner is putting together the roster, they're looking at the, you know, an entire list of people who could talk on a topic. Let's face it, whatever you talk about, whatever I talk about, I'm a speaker as well. There are people who could talk about what we talk about, but the differentiator, the authority piece, that author piece is what puts you over the edge as the person that they would choose. Mm -hmm. If you literally wrote the book on it, you rise to the top of the pile. You become more of a contender. Absolutely. And so generally speaking, they know that, right? They know if I'm a, if I'm a speaker, then I get one fee and I get one level of opportunity. If I'm a speaker and an author, and then I reverse those, right? If I'm an author and a speaker, because you want to lead with author, if you are one, I learned that after about my seventh or eighth book is always lead with, I'm the author of, and then I do these other things because author is the, is the golden ticket. Then it gets you the job and it gets you the job the job at a higher fee. How do you know if someone's ready to write their book? I think a lot of people say they want to be an author, but what does it actually take to make that happen? Um, so someone is ready if they have if they have the idea that they want to write a book, right? You're not given an idea. I don't believe we, we aren't inspired to have an to have the idea to do something unless at some level we're ready. And then what it takes to make that happen is just the decision. I mean, there are lots of steps. I say there's 487 things that have to happen, right? Where you go from blank page to the book that you're handing out. Um, but it really comes down to that decision. The decision, says, you know what, I'm going to follow through with this. I know this is the best thing for my business. I know any other thing that I've done that is a challenge has that um, challenge, that exciting beginning and the wonderful end where we cross the finish line with our arms raised and we're really excited. But in between that, fun beginning and that wonderful ending is the yucky middle. Yeah. The challenges, the delays, the life happens kind of things. And you have to just be really clear what's in it for you and what your vision is. What is your book going to do to help people in addition to yourself, right? I mean, when I talk about what's in it for me, when I think, okay, I'm going to write a book It's on this topic, I think what's in it for me. And once I get that down on paper, that's the part where you're shameless. Like I want it to give me name recognition, face recognition. I'm going to raise my fees, blah, blah, blah. Then there's the other list, which is how are you going to serve your reader? Mm-hmm. What's the problem you're going to solve for your reader? What's the opportunity you're going to give your reader? And when you focus on that vision, when you focus on that person that you've never met, who's going to crack open your book and take your wisdom and, um, and take a nice long drink of your wisdom and be better for it. If you stay focused on that vision, that is really going to carry you through the other 486 steps, right? Step number one, make a decision. (laughs) Step number two through 487, right, is a nice long list of things to do. And in order to keep doing that, in order to have kept doing anything, right, you had to write your first speech, you had to get booked, you had to follow up, you had to show up, you had to practice, right? All those things were not easy. You've done other hard things in the past. So the vision that you have for your book and the people that you're going to help with your book are really going to be instrumental in helping to make that happen. 
Would you say there's a minimum threshold that, you know, your clients have to have passed in order to even be like eligible to write a book? For example, say someone started a coaching business six months ago and, you know, is fresh out of coaching school and has only worked with a couple of clients and says, I want to write a book. Like, do you feel that that person would need more time to develop their own ideas and strategies? Or could you work with them to pull together enough information and and content that a book could be, you know, put together in a matter of months? Well, that's an excellent question. And I teach a course on this process, right? And so in my course, I get that question all the time. So I, I, when in previous versions of the course, I, I teach it live and I would get that question, like, who am I to write a book? When should I write a book? When should anyone write a book? Yeah. And there really are two perspectives that one writes a book from. One is from the been there, done that, got the t-shirt, <laughs> right? <laughs> Actually, I printed the t-shirts and handed them out, right? It's from the wisdom and experience perspective. There's also another perspective that I think people overlook, which is the reporter perspective. And the best example of that is when Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich, he was not rich. He went and interviewed the wealthiest men of that time and reported to all the rest of us their strategies and their secrets. So if I were a coach and I were six months in, so this was, there was a time when this was a true story, right? I was a brand new coach and I was just trying to get my sea legs. And I think it took me about five years before I really found my true coaching voice that I wasn't parroting Zig Ziglar or Tony Robbins or Brian Tracy, right? When I was really, or my own coaches, right? There was a, once there was a time when I kind of settled into my own coaching voice and came up with my own methodology. But if I knew then what I know now at, at the six month mark, I would by every, every spare moment, be gathering information and writing a book to set myself apart. Hmm. And that was for two reasons. One, because I would want to be an author much sooner. That's the first thing. Because I think what, you know, when was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago, right? <laughs> the next best time is today. So the thing like, when is the best time to become an author? Well, like last year, <laughs> but let's do it now just for those just tuning in, right? Um, if, I were, if I were to do it again, like the second reason would be when you are writing a book, you become very thoughtful. I become very thoughtful when I'm writing a book. I become very in tune to what other works are out there. And I am going through the self-education process. And if you believe um, what um, some of the great teachers of our time have taught us, it's that your, your professional development never exceeds your personal development. So the side benefit, right, the primary benefit is you become an author and you get to charge more and you check that box. The secondary benefit is that you go through this transformation process, this education and transformation process that benefits you and your clients, which then benefits you and your clients, which benefits you and your clients. It's this never-ending upward cycle of awesomeness. I love it. So let's say someone is ready to write a book. Do you have a recommended process you share with aspiring authors to help them prepare for the demands of publishing? I'm thinking something along the lines of like daily writing blocks or something that just gets them into that mode of writing. Yeah. So I actually wrote a book called the nifty 15, write your books and write your book in 15 minutes a day. And I wrote that with a friend of mine who was a very well-known fiction author. I'm, I'm mostly have done nonfiction, although I'm working on fiction now. And the, the practice of writing every day and priming the pump and getting those ideas coming is really, um, that's more for the writing track 
so when I'm talking when I'm talking to someone about writing, publishing, and monetizing their book, there are actually simultaneous tracks that are happening. Track number one is you're writing the book, you're getting the content down on paper. But then track number two is the actual publishing. What are the pieces of the publishing process, the production pieces that have to be done almost simultaneous to the writing pieces? So that so what you're talking about is what does it take to get the book out of your head and on paper? And once you've done the pre-work which, you know, in, in a nutshell is coming up with the idea for the book and writing a, a, a very nice outline that you can fill in with either your knowledge or other people's knowledge and information, right? Um, and then committing to a time every day that you sit and write. And I have, I've written 53 books and my practice is 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. Hmm. Rain, shine, holidays, vacations. I love to write. It's, it's my happy place. So I don't look at it like it's work. It happens to produce work, but I don't look at it like it's work. And it took me a while to get there. Once you get into that practice, it just becomes something that you do and you carve out time for it and you like it. It's like exercise or meditation, mm -hmm. right? Like it sounds like a great idea and then you try it and it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But if you can get through the beginning, if you can get through those that beginning stage where you're like, this is terrible. Why am I doing this? Why do people do this? They must hate themselves, right? <laughs> and you're like, oh wait, this is really fun. I've been through that with yoga in the last six months. I started with, I'm going to do, I need to do yoga. You're only as healthy as your spine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I started doing yoga. Now, when I don't get on the mat, I'm cranky. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, it's the same thing with writing. It's like you, and I'm sure you know this with all of your books, right? It's like you, you like it. It's like, oh, this is fun. I have an idea. I want to write about it. I want to see what 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 I know that's going to come out onto the page, and also what's going to come through my fingers. It's unexpected and delightful. All of that factors. Yeah, in. yeah. I mean, for the most part, I love writing, but there have been days and weeks when I feel like I've hit a point in my writing where I'm not sure what to say next, and I'm kind of stuck in the content. It's feeling really mucky, and so what I try to do in those moments is associate writing with things I really like. Like I'll have a cup of tea and a candle and I'll wear comfy pajamas and I'll try to set up a whole mm. environment that makes writing easier to start because I have things around me that bring comfort and then the the words start to come because I get out of this space of like everything is jammed up I can't figure out how to get this you know this paragraph mm. or this piece of information out of my head so that's helped me a lot but I totally agree it is like a gym like you have to keep you know, keep at it every day and it starts to feel more normal instead of like, oh, I got to do this thing. <laughs> yeah. Being an author is so cool. It's so fun. Right. Yeah. I, I, I talk about it with people and I'm like, listen, the only thing cooler is like being an Olympic gold medalist, but <laughs> most people can't do that. <laughs> right. Like we're not like, okay, six months, me to Olympic gold, right? <laughs> like, right? It's like, you're six, you're six to 12 months away from being an author. And you will always have that. You will always be able to whip out that, whip out that book. And when you're passing out your business card, what you really can say to people is like, Hey, would you throw this away for me? <laughs> but a book, but a book never gets thrown in the trash. A book is either read and, and is a blessing to the person who receives it, or they find someone to bless with your book. It's the yeah. gift that keeps on giving both to you and to your readers. And it's, I, it's not an avocado, right? It doesn't expire. You don't, there's not a window of opportunity with your book. It's always going to be there and you can always use it and share it. 
and that. and have it be a gift to others. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. not an avocado. All right, I want to talk about publishing. What are your thoughts on self-publishing versus traditional publishing? What are the pros and cons of each? Sure. So I am completely biased in self-publishing. And full disclosure, I chose self-publishing originally because I did not feel I was worthy of traditional publishing. Traditional publishing was for capital W writers who had education in writing. So they had writing degrees or journalism degrees or something like that. It never occurred to me to pursue traditional publishing. Now I'm here by choice with 53 books under my belt and more in process. And I've sold a combined total of 4 million books with my work with the Miracle Morning book series. I have entertained traditional publishing deals. And when I get into the conversations with people from traditional publishing, what they were able to offer originally when I first started writing as kind of their ticket to ride, right? Like, oh, well, we have major distribution. Okay, well, indie publishers have that. Um, we have the ability to professionally publish your book. Like we have high standards. Well, guess what? So do indie publishers. So I'm very biased in self-publishing. And I do think for a certain small set of folks, traditional publishing is a, a path that would make the most sense. If they are busy politicians, artists, musicians, actors, um, those sorts of things, they are really well poised to get a nice fat six high six figure or seven figure advance, which they would want to make sure it's not recoupable by the publisher if the book does not perform. And then someone else handles the process. But I was just sitting with someone yesterday who got a multi six figure uh, advance for his book. And he said, um, you know, I'm not really a writer. And they said, that's great. We'll get a ghostwriter for you. And when he said he got the, his uh, advance in five tranches, and when he got the fourth advance, it didn't cover the bill for the ghostwriter. So surprise, the ghostwriter wasn't included in the process. It was a fee that was paid for by the author. Huh. So if by chance you're someone who wants to write and publish a book and you are not a writer and you would want to go through self-publishing, there are wonderful ghostwriters and you will pay for them very handsomely, but there are wonderful ghostwriters that are hired by traditional publishers that are available to folks like you and me mm -hmm. as well, who that, for whom that is their business. What is the average cost of a ghostwriter for say a 250 page business-oriented book? Well, if we say 250 pages is um, 50,000 words, then it's $50,000. It's about a dollar to a dollar and a half to $2 a word, depending on the ghostwriter and if they have how many books they've written, um, how many books have they written in traditional publishing, and uh, were any of those books New York Times bestsellers. So that you can find a ghostwriter for much cheaper, but you really do get what you pay for. So you want to look for someone who's charging at least a dollar a word. And then you want to look to someone to find someone who has published traditionally because their skill level is very high and they generally started in the editing room. So they have an eye for perfection, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like ghostwriting isn't really a viable option for a first-time author who's just looking to get out there and wanting to build a speaking and coaching business, if it's going to be a $50,000 price tag. 
Are there other ideas that you have that might (laughs) facilitate writing that first book? Sure. So, so I would, I wish I had had me when I first started and and forgive me for being shamelessly self-promotional right for this minute, but the solution that I have is I teach a course and I walk first-time authors through the entire process of self-publishing. And there are five phases. There's the crafting phase, which we've talked a little bit about asking and answering key questions that inform and influence the process. Um, Writing the book, getting the book written. So I have a very thorough process for getting the book outlined with the end reader in mind, as well as the author, right? We want to serve everybody for the, for the ultimate win, win, win. Um, the publishing of the book, professionally publishing the book so that it's done well, launching the book and then marketing the book so that you receive those, those wonderful royalties that come forever, but also then learning how to market with your book so that you know how to develop that business. Gotcha. Okay. Does all that make sense? Yes. So I have a path. I have a, a process that I've put together um, and I really did transition from coach and speaker to um, publishing coach and speaker <laughs> because people were interested in that process. All right. When we get to the end of our conversation, I'll ask you to share more information about where we can find your course and, and your books and everything like that. But before we get there, awesome. I want to talk about one of your, your big projects that I think most people listening right now have heard of you co-created the miracle morning book series with Hal Elrod, which is awesome. What advice do you have for others who might be thinking about co-authoring a book? What did you learn from that process? Oh, great. That is such a fantastic question. And yes, that would, that, uh, that series that we have 12 main books and six extra products from that book so companion guides and planners and stuff like that so that series has just been a, a big win and big fun um what i recommend for people who are co-authoring is to really be careful about the way that you engage with your co-author so you can um publish on your dashboard right on amazon or in any retailer only one person one business gets access to a dashboard so if there are two of you or three of you or whatever, really one person has to be the publisher in a situation. So if one person is going to be a publisher, then they receive the royalties and they are responsible for paying the royalties. And this doesn't sound so bad until I get to the fine print. So I've done this always. I receive royalties from Hal, but it's his responsibility to receive those royalties and then distribute them to the co-authors every month, not a small undertaking especially when you consider all of the co-authors in the series, right? You have to really think long-term and the rights and the copyright extend past the, the last person's death by seven years. So royalties should be paid for 70 years after the last person involved in the project dies. So that's something to really think about because if you're in, in real life, if you get married, you can get divorced and you never have to speak to each other again. In intellectual property, you're getting married, and you're married until the last one of you dies. (laughs) And then then it it goes to the heirs, right? Then it's the heirs' responsibility to pay the other heirs for 70 years after their death. So you have to really want to co-author with somebody, (laughs) right? And you have to know that you can trust them. So I've received royalties. I've written co-authored books with folks, and I pay them royalties. Again, not a small undertaking. And then there's the third option, which is you can form a company. So that requires you to get an attorney 
which I recommend. No matter which way you do it, you want to have an agreement in place with good senses neighbors. So I have an agreement with Hal that says this is what we're doing, this is when we're doing it, this is how we're doing it, this is how the money is distributed for all of the, the monies that are involved in the business, how everything's paid for and how everything's distributed. Um, if you form a company together, you can form an LLC, and then you can have one dashboard and everyone involved in the project has access to it. So it's really sitting down with your um, business manager, if you have one, your attorney, your CPA, your um, co-authors uh, team, and figuring out what's the most um, equitable and fair way to handle all of the finances. Is it going to be a 50-50 split? Is it going to be 70-30? Who's going to pay the expenses up front? Or are those going to be shared? Or do they come out of first royalties? What does the entire picture look like? So it's a small question with a big answer, right? So I'm sure you might have some other follow-up questions as well. Yeah. I mean, I, it sounds like that could be its own episode because there's so many moving right. parts and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you have to be thinking so far into the future. And I don't want to go too far into that because I want to kind of talk in general about books. So you mentioned royalties and yeah. that makes me wonder how much money can a first time author expect to make from their book from royalties, say in the first year or first five years, do you have a range? I, the range is from $10 to $10 million. And, <laughs> okay. and there are several factors. Yeah. So super big range. Um, like five and a half, right? <laughs> like what, what can we get? Um, and for how much money? Um, so my, the answer to that is really the lawyer's answer, which is it depends. It depends on the quality of the book. It depends on the following of the author. It depends on how committed they are to the marketing process, if they understand that that marketing is a never-ending process that there are always going to be billions of people that have never heard of your book. And it's your job to continue to get out there and talk about your book and about your expertise and what you do and to keep bringing in those, you know, those royalties, those book sales and to continue to market with your book, to understand how your book fits into your business. Your book is not your baby. Your book is an asset of your business and that asset should be making your business money. What are some really understanding them? Um, what are some good ways for a, an aspiring author or speaker to market themselves using some of the free tools as they start building their platform so that when they do release the book, there are people out there who might want to buy it? Give me an example of free tools. Um, like Let an email newsletter or cool. social media or... Oh, right. <laughs> Um, so some of the free tools I think you're talking about are an email newsletter, social media, those sorts of things. What you want to do is build an audience that consists of your ideal reader, which would also be your ideal client, your ideal audience member. That's so really identifying who that person is and writing to that person and also courting that person, getting that person on your email list, getting that person following you, the, depending on what your message is. So I have folks that I work with um, across all of the spectrum. So some of them are in sales and some of them are in marketing and some of them are in branding and some of them are in, I have one gal who wrote a book called Fertility Friday. She's a Fertility Friday gal and she helps women to chart their cycles and get pregnant when they want to, not using birth control. Fascinating process, right? Because we all think you want to not get pregnant, you go in the pill. She has this whole thing. Well, she has an avid readership all around the world and she just has people on her platform following her 
are interested in that particular topic. So what you want to do is build an email list and the email list is for the win, right? That's the number one thing to always be working on, building your email list every day and asking yourself is what I'm doing building my email list. So getting people to follow you on social media and even before you're an author, start talking about your tools and your strategies that you use in your business and offer a free download in exchange for their um, email address. And that way you can be in their inbox. You can send them a newsletter and stay in touch with them and communicate with them from an authentic and wonderful and educational place. And so when it comes time for your book to come out, not only do you have a built-in advanced reader team of people that can help you to position your book properly for organic sales, you also have this ever-growing list of people who are interested in what you have to say and will buy your book, even if they're not on your advanced reader team. All right. I think we've offered or you've offered a lot of really good tips here today that kind of are on a broad range of different areas around book publishing and writing and marketing. So if someone's listening and wants more information about you and your course and to check out your books, where can they find that? They can find all of my books on Amazon. My website is just my name, honorayquarter.com. And right on the front, there is a free copy, an option for a free copy of my book, You Must Write a Book, the full book. Oh, perfect. So please hop there and, and grab a free copy of that book. And hopefully it will inspire you to write your own book. And in that book, and also on my website, you'll find information about Publishing PhD, which is my entry-level course for writing your book. All right. Anything else you want to share? Um, Just that if you are a speaker, the next logical thing for you to do is have a book and have a book table in the back of the room. It is the most fun thing to autograph and sign books to people. And you will be really thrilled with the benefits that it brings to your bottom line, to your business. I agree. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, you can show me some love by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen so more people can find us. Claim the Stage is a production of Speaker Sisterhood and it's recorded in the Glitter Closet in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Music is composed by Chris Collins. Until next time, stop waiting, start creating. Bye for now.